If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All Things Safe with Representative Jason Safe. And good Wednesday morning to you. You are listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane. It is a pleasure to be with you today. Whether you join us via the podcast or you're hearing us over the live broadcast or watching the live stream, we're always glad to have you. Uh, Kind of a little rainy day today. Not as cold, which I am very glad of. I am not a fan of the cold. Uh, I know some people are, but I am not one of those people. So uh, we've got a great show today uh, at the 11, after the 11.15 break, we've got a uh, special guest, State Representative Alan Chester, a good friend of mine. He represents the 25th District. Uh, that is Nash County, That is, in, and he represents in the North Carolina House. Good guy, one of the, one of the good guys. He's a combat vet, former combat vet, uh, former police officer, and now serving in the North Carolina House. He's in his, I guess it's his freshman year, but... Uh, He's been involved in so much over his first term, it's it's hard to think of him as a freshman. So we'll have him on um, an interesting topic to talk about. Apparently, the uh, the governor, uh, Roy Cooper, was in Nash County, which is a place he used to hail from. I guess he still hails from there, though has lived in Raleigh for quite some time, having been the attorney general for a long time and now governor for a long time. He's more of a Raleigh guy, but nevertheless, uh, went back to his hometown and uh, talked about what Republicans need to do to raise taxes, and uh, turns out that's going to be a kind of a, a an odd conversation to have with us. It's not what we're in the business of, but uh, we'll we'll see what uh, reforms he wants to talk about and uh, how that went with uh, Representative Chester. Uh, should be an interesting conversation. He's uh, Representative Chester has a, a primary that uh, kind of a rematch from two years ago, uh, which he he won, uh, and he's been out on the campaign trail. So we'll get an update for, uh, from him about uh, how how the campaign's going. Really talk about campaigns across the state too. Uh, apparently yesterday was the day that a lot of ads went up on television. As we come closer to that March primary, uh, things are starting to heat up. Looks like the presidential race is starting to cool down a little bit, the Republican primary, but maybe heating up uh, as it were for some of the local and state races that are uh, we're about to face. Uh, saw an ad yesterday that uh, from GoPack that was hitting Pat Harrigan pretty hard, guy running for Congress in the 10th district, which is a district I live in. Uh, Gray Mills is also running, state representative Gray Mills, good friend of mine, also my seatmate in Raleigh. Uh, but GoPack came out, uh, pretty positive ad for Gray Mills, not so positive for Pat Harrigan on on immigration and, and the border. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, that that will be interesting. Also saw some, uh, some state house ads that, that went live. We had Kevin Crutchfield on, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he he's taken a pretty good swipe at his opponent, uh, talking about bankruptcies and having voted for Obama twice. Guy running in the Republican primary uh, voted for Obama twice. Didn't know that. Uh, he was the Republican nominee a couple of years ago. Uh, heck, I even gave him money, but uh, did not know that he had voted for Obama. Might have uh, given me a pause uh, for a moment to, to think about whether or not I would have uh, written that check for him. But nevertheless, we'll talk about uh, some of those things with uh, Representative Chester. Uh, I do want to say, uh, as you all know who listen to the show, you know I'm a huge Charlotte 49er fan. My wife and I are both graduates of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, as is my younger sister, brother-in-law, and uh, we are just huge 49er fans. And they are on a roll in basketball. Uh, we went Saturday to the game. 
the football coach, Coach Pochi, who is well-loved at the university, sat in the student section to cheer on the basketball team. Uh, that's something you don't see often, and it was it was pretty amazing to watch. We were across the way uh, from the student section and got to watch all the selfies being taken and uh, the students just flocking uh, to the football coach who was there to cheer on the basketball team. So it was it was amazing. But last night, uh, they are in first pay first place in the American Conference, which is huge since it's a new conference for them. Um, that has been fun to watch as well, that uh, they, they've gone to the American Conference. Uh, so stepping up from, from Conference USA, but uh, those 49ers, the Charlotte men's basketball team, staged an impressive, impressive comeback, overcoming a 20-point deficit to secure a 76-70 victory over UAB and American Athletic Conference action uh, Lakai Patterson and Deshaun Jackson delivered career high performances with 22 or 23 and 21 points, respectively. Uh, the Niners took their first lead in the second half, shooting 63.6% and outscoring the Blazers 48 32. The win extended Charlotte's win streak to six games, and they now hold sole possession of first place in the conference with a six and one record. So Patterson played a pivotal role, scoring 17 of his 23 points. In the second half, while Jackson praised his teammates' competitiveness, uh, Nick Graves and Patterson's clutch uh, clutch threes in the second half secured the victory for the Niners. I unfortunately could not be at the game. I uh, was sneaking uh, a couple of peeks on my phone. We had a fundraiser for a, uh, a gentleman running for Congress in another district down in Charlotte. I'm a big fan of his, Addison McDowell. I've uh, been a longtime friend. He had asked me to speak at an event for him. And so I did, and but and then went to dinner with some friends, but kind of snuck some uh, views of the game while we were sitting there. So that was that was fun to watch. Saturday was amazing as well. Uh, Saturday they never, I don't know that they were ever behind. If they were, it wouldn't, but for a brief second at the start. But I, if I remember correctly, I don't think they ever ever gave up the lead and and then had a big win on Saturday, a big win last night coming from behind, but securing that first place. And UNC Charlotte really is just on fire from an athletic standpoint. I was on a phone call yesterday about the spring game, the spring football game, and some of the festivities that are being planned for that. That is going to be a full day on campus. Uh, won't, won't give too much away yet because it's being planned. Uh, but was in a planning conversation and uh, some some big names, some uh, some big time action that will happen at Halton Arena and on the football field that same day. Uh, there'll be a lot of things athletics, uh, athletic related, uh, even U.S. Olympic sport related uh, happening. And then I'm hearing of a rumor of a concert, pretty big concert that will happen there on campus. So should be a big day uh, really all around. I think that is scheduled, if I remember correctly, for April 20th but we may have to check the date on that, make sure. I don't think it's locked in quite yet, but that was at least a talk. And so that 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 will be a lot of fun. But we are talking all things sane, and, and we talk all things sane. We do talk about a little bit of 49er uh, sports action and, and what's happening on campus. Also, shout out to their uh, eSports uh, team. They have been doing a phenomenal job, took some awards here recently, and uh, been a big part of that. Want to support them as well. But and, and all that plays into academics and what, what the school is accomplishing. All the conversation yesterday was talking uh, with some folks from California who UNC Charlotte is just now on their radar screen, and they were trying to get perspective of just how big schools are here in North Carolina. Of course, they, they knew UNC Chapel Hill. I was at the ball game on Monday night where they defeated Wake Forest. That was a lot of fun. Uh, cheered on the heels, believe it or not. Uh, my son's a Tar Heels fan and and, and somewhat by default, I've, I've now become a, a Tar Heel fan, but I'm also 
huge NC State fan. So I, I do like our, our state teams, whoever is playing, uh, but particularly uh, when they're when they're playing uh, some other great teams. And, and look, this was a Wake Forest matchup, but Chapel Hill did a great job on, uh, on uh, uh, Monday night, so that was a lot of fun. But here after the break, we're going to have Representative Alan Chesser. He represents House District 25. We're going to be talking about the governor's plan for maybe some new taxes as we uh, as we discuss further. Uh, we'll see what that plays out and what that sounds like. Uh, Alan Chesser, great guy. Love to have him on. Just a good friend. Uh, always has some good insight into what's happening. And we'll talk with him then. And uh, we appreciate you listening to All Things Saint here on WSIC. We uh, we do the show every Wednesday. You can listen to the podcast. You can catch us live. You can watch the stream. Uh, any way you want to watch it, any way you want to see it, we're always glad to have you. It is a fun-filled, fast hour. I never can believe how fast it goes. Thanks for listening here to All Things Saint. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more All Things Sane, hosted by NC Representative Jason Sane on 1059 100.7 WSIC. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. All Things Sane. Representative Jason Sane. We've got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. We are the people that can find whatever you need. Welcome back to All Things Saint. I guess welcome back to the jungle, or welcome to the jungle. Uh, love that song. Love the uh, the show tune of a great Guns N' Roses classic. You're listening to All Things Saint here with State Representative Jason Saint. And joining me right now, this moment, we've got Representative Alan Chester, who represents House District 25 in North Carolina House. That's Nash County. Sir, welcome to the show. We've had you on before, but welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to come back. Well, uh, always always a good chance to catch up. Uh, I feel like I hadn't seen you in a, in, a, in, a, in a month of Sundays, and I think it has been about that long. I, I went back to Raleigh this week, earlier in the week, for uh, uh, some meetings and so forth. Also went up to see that Carolina game against Wake Forest, which was a great game. Did not disappoint. Got to see it with some of our colleagues. Uh, Representative Humphrey and uh, Representative Kyle Hall were there. Uh, both big Tar Heels, so uh, I had to tolerate that. But uh, nevertheless, no, we were. That's I was here cheering on the Tar Heels. Well, even even had on my Carolina blue. So uh, uh, you know, I, I do support our state schools, and, and it is a great school, like all the others. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, it is, it's a little tough. But when you when your 15 year old son is a is a Tar Heel fan, and and I do like Coach Davis. He's a super guy. So hey, wasn't bad, and uh, it had a great time. Yeah. Uh, good chance to catch up, but uh, glad to have you on. I, you, you've you been out, I know, campaigning. You're in this uh, sprint to March. Uh, early voting starts soon, and and you're yeah. uh, you're out there hustling and trying to see everybody you can. I mean, this is what we do when we're not in session. Um, I have to remind people to keep wanting me to come to Raleigh. Like, you, you know, I have a district, and uh, I, I do have things to do here that, uh, that they expect me to be at. I'm sure you, like me, have been traveling to schools and fire departments and meetings with, with elected officials and so forth. How's it going? Yeah, man. Um, you, you think, you know, me being a freshman, I, I always had it in my mind that, okay, once we got out of session, it'll slow down. And that's just simply not true. Once you get out of session, people know that you got a, more free time and they expect you to do more in the district. And, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, they elected you to do a, do a job and it's difficult to represent the people in Raleigh if you're not familiar with who you're who you're representing, right? So you got to go out, you got to build those relationships. And uh, I, I fight hard to do that. Um, 
And uh, it's interesting. I don't know if you're going to segue into it, but it's interesting that you brought up education because that was uh, an interesting experience that we had yesterday. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show today. Uh, timely, as always, as, as everything here on All Things Sane. But uh, you know, yesterday, North Carolina Democratic Governor Roy Cooper, who obviously faces some opposition from us Republican legislators on his education agenda, uh, he set the table for the upcoming election, because this is a political event, if, if you ask me, uh, when he announced his plans to use his final year in office uh, to build a coalition advocating for improvements in public schools. Uh, Cooper aims to pressure the Republican-led General Assembly to increase K-12 spending, teacher salaries, and other educational programs. He took the opportunity at a school in Nash County, your district, uh, to highlight what he described as the economic threat posed by low per-pupil spending and emphasize the impact of a significant expansion of the state's private school voucher program. So critical of what we're doing, uh, he likened this attempt to politicize education to a successful campaign for Medicaid expansion and emphasize the need for a long-term fix in education. Despite being a lame duck governor and potential challenges in collaboration with us at the GOP-controlled legislature, Cooper proclaimed that he remains committed to the cause, anticipating the continuation of the education battle beyond his term. Interesting there. Uh, the governor's reframed approach, while as a previous attempt, met with limited success to declare a state of emergency for public education. So you were there. You got to hear, hear some of this. I guess you were invited maybe by the governor's office to be there? Yeah. So uh, I was notified by the governor's office that the governor would be there. And um, obviously, I, I'm a former military guy. So, you know, you respect the rank, you respect the office. And so sure. they uh, <clears throat> they extended an invitation and I accepted that I would show up. Um, and uh, so they then an invitation was extended for me to uh, stand with the governor upon the signing of this proclamation. And so I'm always looking for an opportunity for bipartisanship. Um, and I think education is one of those, you know, that's just ripe for bipartisanship. And so I told, you know, send me over a copy of uh, the proclamation, which my legislative assistant did. I read it wasn't really anything crazy in there. Um, seemed like some stuff we could get behind, you know, a little like, bit of language about early education in there, but that's, you know, that's not a deal breaker. Um, and so, uh, you know, made sure to talk to some of my uh, sources and, you know, said, hey, you know, if this is going to be a campaign event, I, I'm not going to participate. But this, if this is truly about education, the importance of public education, then, you know, Republicans want to be represented there as well because it's a priority for us. Sure. So it was, I was reassured. And so as I was sitting there with a, a Democrat colleague right on the front row, um, let's just say that uh, the spirit of the speech did not match the spirit of the proclamation. And uh, so it was uh, pretty, pretty apparent that I was not going to be able to stand with the governor when he signed this proclamation. Um, he made sure that with the, with the nature of his speech and just throwing daggers at the General Assembly and Republican leadership throughout the entirety of his speech. Um, which is unfortunate because we have an opportunity to, to show that this is one thing that Republicans and Democrats agree on is the importance of public education, um, sure. let alone within within the economic portion. Uh, unbeknownst to the governor, I was actually at an economic local economic development meeting the day prior to him coming into town uh, that was for Nash Edgecombe in the surrounding area and uh, sitting with local business leaders, community college, and um, the presidents of both school systems for Nash and, and Wilson, well, um, representatives, because uh, we had, because of the governor's visit, the president for Nash was unable to attend because he had to plan for the governor's visit, um, but they were represented there. And we were talking about the importance of public education. 
and uh, what, what the state has done to improve it. Uh, unfortunately, the governor could not have attended that meeting and heard all the good things that local business leaders were saying that the state has done for public education uh, may have changed his speech a little bit. Well, you know, uh, it does it does matter in uh, politics to go to those who show up. And mm -hmm. uh, the fact that you were there the day before. And again, this is part of what we do as, as legislators, right? We I, Last week, I, I, State Senator Ted Alexander and I, we invited uh, Chairman Torbett, who chairs our education committee, to meet with our local school board. He's next door, so it was an easy drive for him. Pre appreciate him being uh, here in Lincoln County for that kind of meeting, but uh, also attending that meeting was a lot of our economic development folks. So it's uh, uh, something that we stay laser focused on. I mean, that is yes. that is our job as, as state representatives uh, to be champions for for business, for for opportunity, for our citizens. Um, and, you know, I, I, kind of the summation of the article, I, I summarize it, uh, much longer article from the AP, but, you know, he took swipes at us about economic development, saying that that if we don't fix education, it's going to hurt us on economic development, which I agree with him. If, if we if we don't have a good education system, we will not have great economic development. That is a fact. Uh, however, I, I've always noticed uh, over the course of his tenure as governor, he's he's always been critical of, of the legislature and our economic policies, but has yet to miss a ribbon cutting. I, I find that absolutely amazing. And and he, there's plenty of pictures out there and plenty of, of, of times for press conferences, um, but he's always there for those. And so there's, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect from what he says and what the actions are. And I, I know that's a first in politics, but uh, it is it is amazing that uh, for someone who who wants to be so critical of what we're doing has really during his tenure had the opportunity to enjoy the success together with us. Yes. Yeah, that's what I said. It's it was a wasted opportunity for bipartisanship, um, where you know he he did he even appreciated the fact that we're number one in business again. Um, and it's, it's interesting to me that, uh, he, he's pairing himself up with the current president, Joe Biden, whose economic policies are failing. Um, I believe the only reason that we're not seeing that here is because of the local business industry, right? These are people that their businesses are how they feed their family. It's how their employees feed their family. They can't afford to shut down. They must be successful. They are carrying our economy on their back through the turmoil that's being created at the federal level. And they're they're out there taking a victory lap because it hasn't collapsed yet. And it's only because of the hardworking people in the economy that are that, that that's able to happen. Well, and, and, and to that point, um, you know, businesses aren't coming here because, you know, we're 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 totally screwing it up on education. Right. Right. I and mean, that, that's that 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 is that that's a talk about a disconnect. Um, it's interesting to me that, and we had this conversation and I, and I tell people, I, I live in the best district across, you know, in the, in the state and I'm sure you feel the same way, but, but I've got a great relationship with, uh, members of our school board, our, our superintendent. That doesn't mean we always agree. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all, but, but yeah. we have real frank conversations you know, economic development folks, our county commissioners, our city council. So often, you know, things are tied up in political grandstanding. And I think that's kind of what we saw yesterday from the governor. Yeah. But when we have real conversations about what we're doing and the accomplishments that we've made over the last 10 years in education and in economic development, the two are the two are very much intertwined. And when we talk about wanting to reform and change education, we're talking about improving on something that is that has been improving. We've we've made great strides. And I, I don't think we should ever take away from that. And that's been, to your point, uh, done in a very bipartisan manner. Um, it doesn't again. 
Doesn't mean we always agree, but we're getting to a great place. And, and we see that. We see that in the numbers. If we get, look at the business rankings, we're getting there for a reason. We've got to have a talented workforce. We've got to have people who are capable or the companies don't come. But, but that is, by and large, what we've been able to accomplish, I mean, together, quite frankly, yes. over, over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to expand upon it and and do something in addition to. Uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, the, the word they'd like to use is siphon. We're we're siphoning away from public education. Now, show me where we've defunded education. Show me where we have not increased funding year over year over year for public education. Um, we got where well, you know, you are the appropriations chair, the budget writer. Um, so. $17.8 billion of our $30 billion budget went to public education this year. Uh, that, we, we, spent, we spent a lot of money and a lot of time on it because it's important. Screams priority, right? It is a priority. Right. Children account for 25% of our general population, 100% of our future. And that is not missed by Republicans and the priorities that we set at the legislature. No, it's not. We're talking about education. We're talking with Representative, uh, State Representative Alan Chester. He represents House District 25, Nash County, and the area there. Uh, we'll be back after the break. We'll continue this conversation with State Representative Alan Chester here on All Things Same. Thanks for listening. More of All Things Sane with NC Representative Jason Sane is coming up on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All Things Sane with Representative Jason Sane. You are listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane. Happy Wednesday to you. It's a little rainy here at home. Don't know what it's doing in the eastern part of the state, but I guess we get a weather update from State Representative uh, Alan Chesser. He represents House District 80, uh, 25, House District 25, uh, there in eastern North Carolina. Not that far from Raleigh. You at least get to go home at night uh, when we're there in session, uh, occasionally, uh, unless yes, we're doing a really late night session. But uh, Representative Chester, glad to have you back. You had the governor in your district, or he came to your district. I don't think you necessarily invited him, but he was there and uh, talked education yesterday. Um, you know, he's, I, I don't know, I don't recall a time uh, during his tenure that he's been too complimentary of, of most of the things that the Republicans have done. It's been a a pretty, uh, you know, a relationship that would be, if it's a Facebook status, it would uh, be labeled probably strained at best. Uh, but, but nevertheless, um, you know, on a personal level, I, you know, can always get along with the governor. Uh, we've we've known each other for, for you know, over a decade now. Uh, but, but he he took an opportunity to take swipes at at some of the things that we've been doing. But the reality is, is that we've we've made a lot of improvements together in a in a in a, in a collaborative effort in the state on education. Um, how does that, how does that play in your district? I mean, this is where he's from too. Uh, how, how do you think that plays? Uh, so I think my district is, is unique. Uh, it's very unique. One demographics are unique here. Uh, we have one large rural center and then everything else is, or excuse me, urban center, everything else is rural. Um, and, uh, but one thing I've noticed about Nash County and particularly district 25, um, is that, they really pay attention. And so they know what the facts are. And so when someone comes out and says something that just 
resonates as not being true, their meter goes off. You know what meter? Um, it, it just goes off. And I mean, they, they recognize it as false. And so I think all that was accomplished really was damaging credibility. And that would be his own yesterday. Um, and like I said, it's, it's unfortunate because we have an opportunity to build something and build on the successes of the past. Um, it's interesting that he chose economic impact as his foothold for for staking his claims against uh, what the Republicans have accomplished when you and I sit on economic development panels all the time. And one of the first questions a company is going to ask before they come to an area is where is the workforce going to come from, not just immediately, but 10 years, 20 years down the road. And they look at the education system that is going to be providing that workforce before they make a decision to come here. So it's businesses voting with their feet that is confirming that not only do we have a great business climate, but a portion of that business climate is propped up because our education system is, you know, in, in a pretty good spot currently. And based off of some of the changes we're making, it's projected to get even better. That's why they want to come here for the future. Well, that's right. You, and you become what you practice, right? So when, yeah. when we, when we look for, for things that we want to improve, or we want to, you know, measure those improvements. And again, it doesn't mean that we're we've got it perfect. I think everyone would agree that we should always be looking for ways to improve. The conversation yes. I had last week with our school board was exactly that. There are things that we need to fix. There are things like reporting that they they brought forward. I I I found it fascinating when I first got the legislature and became the IT chairman. I, I kept getting these uh, these reports, these emails about cell phones and pagers and all this, and it was just somewhat useless data. Um, and I could, I wasn't sure why I was getting it. So I finally asked a staffer, I said, I, you know, I look at these things, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with them. What, what, why do I get this? Well, it's in the statute. We put that into law. I said, well, this thing's really useless. I, I mean, people should have cell phones to, to be able to do their job at, 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 at state government. I, I, you know, this is, we, we, it's not 1990 and we're carrying around bag phones, right? This is, this is pretty legitimate expense for, for doing business of the state on behalf of the people here. And and it was just an old law had had sat there on the books, and it was just just really dumb report that they someone in state government had to use their time to compile and send to me and other members of the legislature every month things that we were, were in the budget we they were accounted for there was just no need for this report but I, I guess early on someone said well we need to know how many cell phones are out there and what we're paying for and and I agree we do but that should just be built into the to 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 you know how we operate. And, and, you know, I just, I raised my hand and said, well, can we not end that report so that someone doesn't have to spend their time doing that for a report that no one reads? And well, yeah, we, we could do that. Um, you know, it's those type of things that when we, when we look at the burden on, on teachers, when we look at the burden on administrators, you know, quite frankly, streamlining their process so they can do what they want to do most, which is they want to teach. And they, and yep. when they're, when they're able to, to do the thing they want to do most, which is teach kids can learn and we get better results on that. So we're, we're doing more and more of that. Uh, we've, we've continued to do more and more of that and we'll, we'll into the future do more. Um, but, I, but I think it is it, some, sometimes to me becomes a, a, it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy when, when all you talk about is a negative, when all you talk, it doesn't mean that you, you should ignore problems, but at the same time, uh, you should you should take a lot of pride in in the strides that we've made here in this state, and and I think we can claim a lot of victories too. And that that's missed when things are so politicized. Um, you you're in a you're in a primary fight. Um, how, how's that going? I, I 
was when I announced you were on the show, coming on the show on, on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, got someone said, well, he's got an opponent. Well, yeah, of course you, you do. Uh, same yeah. person you faced last time, but you, you won the seat, mm-hmm. you got there. You're, I, I, I was I'm saying, I don't, I don't feel like you're a freshman. And when I did the lead into the show, you, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine that you are, uh, because you've done so much in your, in your first year at the legislature, uh, and you've accomplished a lot for your district. Uh, my, my retort back to the person on, on X was, Hey, look, I, you know, everyone's can get an opponent. That's for sure. It's, it's America. Anyone's welcome to run. Uh, but when, when representatives are, are doing a great job, you know, voters take note of that too. And you've, you've done a great job for your district and you're a great advocate for them. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I try, I can't, I tried to hit the ground running, um, found some, found some good mentors in, in the general assembly that didn't lead me astray. And I appreciate that. Um, and uh, just just tried to figure out what levers did what so that I could do the most I could for the people in my district. And and like I said earlier, with when I was talking about the governor coming to town, um, the people in the district take notice. They know what's true. And so they recognize that something is different now than it was before I was in office. Um, and uh, the, the, the number one comment I get is they feel like Nash County has a seat at the table. And so if, if I've done nothing else, at least the public believes they have a seat at the table. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that because I, I believe that every county wants to have a seat at the table and deserves a seat at the table. And it's incumbent upon us as their representatives to, to make sure that they're represented properly. Um, and uh, so I, 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 ha- I have a primary. I was promised a primary months ago. Uh, I was probably only in office about two to three months um, before I was promised this, this primary. Um, because I, uh, I made the mistake of telling someone, no, you know, but those are their words. Um, and I, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty good, uh, man of character, I believe. And, uh, I, I'm loyal as, as you know, uh, it's, the, it's the obedience part that I struggle with. You know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't respond well when the whip is cracked. Uh, you so, speak your mind, if nothing else, yeah. you speak your mind. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I promised to be for the people is I would be a warrior for them. I would stand up for them and I wouldn't, I wouldn't just bow down and, and conform. And, uh, and that cuts both ways. So not only in Raleigh, will I not do that, but also back in the district, I won't do that. Um, and so, uh, you know, the powers that be took offense, promised a primary if I wouldn't get on board and, and yeah, they were true to their word. Well, elections do have consequences, and yes. one of the consequences that the folks in your district have seen by electing you is, is as you correctly pointed out, you got to sit at the table, and not everybody gets that, and it's not because they don't have the opportunity. Uh, I, I tell everyone that you know, legislature is like any other thing that you're involved in. There, there are there are doers, and they are there are some button pushers there, and on both sides, and mm-hmm. you know, the, those that push their way to the front, and and in the right way. Uh, you, you can't go down there and just think that you're going to bash in heads and everybody's going to like you and do what you want. That's a, that's a whole topic for a, a whole other show. It's uh, right. you're kind of the, the how to win friends and influence people uh, that's part right. of politics. <laughs> uh, yeah, some people sadly have to have a lesson in that sometimes. Um, you know, it turns out that people don't actually want to go do things for people that scream at them. Uh, that's yeah. not the way to motivate people. So if you're going to be effective, and I, and I see this, you know, of course you see, uh, you know, on, on X and, um, you know, there's, there's all kind of, you know, you know, armchair quarterbacks that want to tell you how to do it, uh, but who have never actually filed for office, which I also find amazing. Uh, but, but 
you know, to be effective, it, it is you're working with 169 other members at the General Assembly. Yeah. And you have to find a way to thread that needle to, to you know, make people or help people care about your district when they don't represent your district. Uh, you know, it is that is that's really the magic of, of, of being a good legislator is yeah. how can I help you care about what I want to accomplish for my district when you're sent here to just really honestly worry about your district? Yeah, we all worry about the state. Primarily, we are representatives of our district. And so you've done a great job at that. So I, I'm, my retort, of course, was, you know, when, when, when someone is doing a good job, they should be recognized for it. Um, I, I've watched, uh, and, I, and I mentioned, too, that you're, you've been a prolific fundraiser. And, and fundraising is this. Money doesn't drive what it is you're doing. But people invest in you because you're doing such a great job. And, and the money, the, the, the fundraising argument, I always find funny. I, I said to my opponent one time on the stage on, on one of these forums that you do, uh, you know, look, quite frankly, she was complaining about my fundraising. I said, well, the, the fact of the matter is that no one sees any value in what you're doing. And, and that's really the statement when you have anemic fundraising. And that's harsh and it sounds mean, but that's, that's the, the reality of it all. And you've done very well at doing that as well. And and I think that speaks to to the the fact that you you have a real viable candidacy, and and I've watched you know I I, I enjoy watching kind of from the sidelines uh, some of these other districts and what people say and 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 the, you're always going to have critics. I mean that's just the nature mm-hmm. of the of what we're doing, but but you also have a pretty big fan club, and I see that, and they are very appreciative of the work that you're doing, um, and you and you know and not just because we got you on the show today but I always speak very highly of working with you because you're you're a legislator that's very intentional that has you know caught on very quickly uh, I've served with some people at the legislature who who have spent literally 10 years and never quite understand how to be an effective legislator and and you've done a great job at that and so I commend you for that um yeah of course but you know um as we and we got about a minute before we go to the break, and if you're able to stay on, we'll keep you on. But uh, you know, this this primary season is really just starting to cook. Uh, we're getting close to early voting. I know you're you're getting your poll workers together and getting ads. How's the? How, I, I bet local radio stations and 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 the mailboxes are getting pretty hot here. Yeah, I, I suspect they might. Uh, some of the mailboxes might be melting in the next couple of weeks, so they're going to be a little bit overloaded. I spoke to the group uh, group the other night uh, on behalf of Gray Mills, our colleague who's running for Congress, and uh, I told him, I said, "Look, if you if you want to get off that phone dialing list and uh, get a little less mail, uh, get out early and and do the early voting because uh, those things are tracked, and so we we, we take note of that." So. Uh, nobody wants to waste money. You're listening to All Things Sane. Uh, joining me today is State Representative Alan Chesser. He represents House District 25, Nash County. We'll continue our conversation for the last part of the show in just a moment. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen today. Thank you. Now more of All Things Sane with North Carolina Representative Jason Sane on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to All Things Sane here on WSIC. You can call us. It is The call-in number is 844-788-3464. That's 1-888-1844-STUDIO-4. 
Uh, you're welcome to do so. Although usually on this show, we're talking about so much we pack it in. We don't get a lot of calls because we don't have an opportunity for it because there's a lot to discuss. But uh, that song that you hear, Call Me Maybe, uh, it's kind of a uh, homage to uh, one of my former legislative assistants who made fun of me for listening to it uh, in the office one day and was blasting it out. And she just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But uh, you can call us, maybe. Uh, we are talking with Representative Alan Chester. He represents House District 25. Uh, during the break, we were talking about walk-up songs. That uh, You know, legislature, uh, it can be fun, exciting, and new, much like the love boat. Uh, however, it is, uh, they're not walk-up songs like baseball. And I think we should all have walk-up songs. Representative Chester, what would be your walk-up song? Ooh, I have no idea. Uh, so the, the call me maybe I'm interested in every time you approach the dais and talk to the speaker and hand them a piece of paper, that song should play. <laughs> that happens a lot during session. If you, if you get to watch on the video, I, I, I my light uh, blinks and then I, I, I had to, cause being a part of leadership, I get to go up there and uh, see yeah. what it is. The speakers want to, to handle. So that, that, Hey, that would work. That would get my attention. I think you'd have to change your strut and your gait a little bit so it fits the song, but it would be appropriate. <laughs> do, do you like uh, the office? Uh, the, the one of the last episodes there where they're doing the wedding, right? I could I could dance yeah. down the aisle. That's right. No one wants yeah. to see that. No one wants to see that. I promise. But uh, uh, I, you know, so we so Representative Trisha Cotham and I, when she was when she was in the Democratic Party, uh, I used to sit on kind of like the the aisle between the Republicans and the Democrats. We did it differently when we took over. Uh, when Republicans went in charge of, of the legislature then speaker tom tillis said no we're not pushing the other party to the back of the room uh we're going to share the you know the space and and we we just divided up the chamber kind of uh left and right for lack of a better term but but you know democrats got to sit up front too as did republicans and we shared the space a little more but we'd be on the aisle and your, your colleague to the right of you would be the other party and I, that was when i first got there and so trish cotham was my was my aisle mate and we played the game of what walk-up song would that would that representative be best suited for? What would be best suited for them? As as uh, they hit their button, you know, the speaker could hit the cue and and uh, hit their song. And kind of like Chipper Jones when he used to go to the go to the bag, he would you know they'd play Crazy Train. And of course, Crazy Train was one of the more popular ones that we would think of for some of our members, right? Uh, it fit. That's strange. I don't know why. I, I just think that if you heard in the back <laughs> of the chamber. I, I, you know, you, you would know who's coming up to speak, right? Um, for some of the criticisms I've got over the years, I think sharp dress band would be great for me. A little, little ZZ top would be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, we, we need, we need to, we need to select a hundred, um, 120 walk-up songs. So you got to think about what yours would be. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few front runners. I think I don't, I don't know about saying it on traditional radio, but <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some other ones I couldn't play for some of our members uh, yeah. in the, in the public atmosphere, but some I'd like to play. Right. Um, yeah. But, but it's, uh, we, we do have a good time uh, occasionally uh, at the, at the legislative building, but uh, we do do serious work there on the floor. And uh, you have, you have been a big part of that over this last session. Uh, and we are in the interim, and you just said uh, during the break that uh, once we get off here, you, you get to head back into town there, and you get to go into Raleigh and uh, do some work there in the, in the office. It really does never stop, and I'm sure you'll be back home for something else uh, later in the day. Probably, yes, sir. Uh, schedule takes me to Raleigh after lunch and then and then back here local for another meeting uh, right here in the district, just right down the road from my house, luckily. So finish up, probably might even make it home for dinner tonight. 
Well, I, I, I think I had the good fortune of the lottery commission meeting today and they're looking at sports betting and they just got a text as we've been talking that uh, they put a date on the start of sports betting. It became legal January 8th, but the, the mm-hmm. process hasn't been in place. So without the process, it couldn't happen. Uh, yep. The lottery commission has been meeting on that, trying to put that together. And they said, March 11th at noon, you can place your bets. It sounds like it's going to be just in time for March Madness. That, that would be uh, that would be convenient. Yeah, um, that's it, that's interesting because that happens more than than you would think. So with, with your bill, sports betting, you, you had that where it had an effective date where it became legal. But then you had to wait on additional processes to take place for it to become effective or be in effect. And uh, I had the, the Loving Homes Act, which we're dealing with the same thing I, uh, that, it, that expanded um, foster care services. And uh, okay. so it was effective, I believe, in October. Yet there were some rule changes that needed to be presented to the federal, our federal counterparts and accepted by the federal counterparts and then kicked back. And so I get inundated right now with, uh, you know, DHHS is still saying that I can't foster, even though your law that is now passed says I can. And you have to explain, okay, look, so it is effective. We had to change the law so that we could, in fact, change the rule to mirror the new law. And now it has to go up and there's, administrative processes that still have to occur uh so the process doesn't end just because we cast a vote well that's an excellent point and uh you know i I always like an opportunity to to teach right i I get to do boy scout merit badges on on civics I, i teach three of those um and you know people's perception and you know like you can only cover so much in the classroom and moving on to you know next topics right so you that i i don't know that that I know when I went through school that it was necessarily explained that way to me. You know, you pass a law, it's now law. Uh, yep. This should just happen, so like almost somewhat magically overnight. But, but you know, we, we don't think about that uh, because folks don't get into the weeds and maybe thankfully so. But when it's impacting you or something you want to do or you've been looking forward to, a, a, you know, a law coming into effect, um, it, it, it still does take some time. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's not anyone's fault. It's just... That is the nature of, of, of just any and everything. Um, but because I you know, trust me, uh, once January 8th came and having having led the bill on sports betting, uh, I got tweeted at emails and everything else. Like, why can't I why can't I place a bet today? Uh, why, why can't I bet on football uh, that it's supposed to be legal today? And but it is an opportunity to kind of teach and educate folks. I, I had that question earlier this morning on, on X that someone said, Hey, you know, what's, what's happening here? You know, we, we're, you know, is, is it legal? Is it not legal? What's, what, why can't I do this? Um, it does take time. So March 11th is going to be the, the implementation date there, according to the folks at the lottery commission who met this morning. And I appreciate uh, uh, their legislative liaison sending me a text saying so. Um, but, you know, and, and it's like everything else. It's like, as we've been working on broadband across the state, even, you know, you pass laws and you fund uh, some of the, some of the updates and, and expansion uh, but it still takes time to get people, resources, uh, work orders, and uh, people out there in the field putting it in place. Uh, mm-hmm. things, things just don't move fast in state government. Uh, and maybe they shouldn't. I mean, maybe that's a, a good thing in some respects. But when you're waiting on some things, it's it's hard to wait. We're just human beings. Right. And, but it's a good opportunity to talk about that, uh, you know, and, and really legislation that, that you work on, that I work on. Uh, takes a lot of time and a lot of planning, uh, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of meetings uh, and, and talking to, to lawyers and bill drafters. And 
Uh, do, you, do you think that's it was was that a surprise to you? I, it was to me when I got to the legislature. I mean, I I thought I knew it, but until you're really living it, it that was a real shock to me. Yeah. So I guess the biggest thing that kind of caught me by surprise is you had to have more than a good idea. Right. I just, you know, right. you, you kind of run and you campaign, you think, you know, we're getting, getting into, you really don't. Um, and so you're in it and you're like, okay, well, I've got this list of really good ideas. And then you run your first one and you realize, okay, if I'm going to be the face of this bill, I, I got to be almost a subject matter expert on this because the questions that are going to come at me from all sides, um, whether they're, they're people who are supporting, just wanting clarification or people who are against that are trying to kill it. And you've got to have, you've got to anticipate arguments and you've got to know your stuff. And um, so then your list of good ideas gets dwindled way down. And then you realize, okay, this is a good idea, but I, I need to talk to the experts about it, figure out what it is. And so next thing, I mean, I'm having meetings right now for things that will not come up in the short session and probably may not even come up in the next long session, but they're good ideas. We just need to flesh them out and and start the planning phase because, like you said, implementation, we need to know what that's going to look like so that we have a bill of goods essentially to sell the other members to say, hey, look, this is the idea. This is what the execution looks like. And then you can get your stakeholders in place to support it or object to it. You know. <laughs> well, but, well, I can remember one of my predecessors drawing an opponent uh, some years ago and a guy that I really thought a lot of. He was our former uh, sheriff and and uh, Joe Kaiser and, and knew him very well, uh, and he served in the position I serve in right now. And 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 I can remember that his opponent uh, at one of the forums just you know pounding the table and telling us what they were going to do when they got to Raleigh, and they were going to. I mean, according to him, he was going to revolutionize state government in one fell swoop, just simply based all, on all by his himself, one election, uh, all by himself. All by himself. Uh, and you know, when 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 folks really consider and they should consider what it is that they're electing you to do. Uh, they, they, they really, they really should think about, you know, can this person actually get something done when they get there? Uh, cause that is, that is incredibly important to know. Um, uh, and you've done a great job with that. Alan Chesser, time flies when, when you come on this show, I, I, it's like a time warp for me. Uh, we, we can talk, uh, you know, for, for another couple of hours, everything that's going on, but, uh, what is the website if people want to learn more about you? All right, so try to keep it simple. It's alanchesser.com. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-H-E-S-S-E-R.com. Easy enough. Uh, if they want to learn more about you, even contribute to your campaign. Hey, I do want to give a shout out to our listeners. I've gotten a number of texts while we've been on air. Uh, people who are regular listeners who just enjoy the opportunity to, to hear what uh, what we're putting out there. Uh, I do appreciate it. You can always get my newsletter. Just send me an email, jason.sane, S-A-I-N-E, at ncleg.gov. We're glad to put that on. Just send us a simple request and say, I'd like to get the newsletter. We'll, we'll take care of that for you. Uh, you have been listening to All Things Sane. Our guest today has been State Representative Alan Chesser. He represents House District 25. Sir, glad to have you on today. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. I uh, look forward to seeing you soon and uh, fellowship and uh, best for your family and good luck in the upcoming race. Uh, that is coming so quickly. Thanks for listening to All Things Sane. Catch the podcast. Thanks for listening to WSIC. Thanks.